Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll talk with fly fishing guide Brad Bowen about the upcoming Muskie Ball in Tony, Wisconsin. And children's book author Bob Allen tells us all about his two latest books, Monica the Muskie and Battle of the Bass. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena on Highway 14 at the intersection with County Highway H. If you look for those two giant arrows on the south side of the highway, you can't miss it. You can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com, and that's Pappas with two P's in the middle, P-A-P-P-A-S, TradingPost.com. You hear this feature every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070, and anytime at all on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. Well, J.C., welcome back, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be back. Archery season's been open for a month, but last weekend was the youth hunt, and I understand you and Haley have a story to tell. Uh, we do. We got to go out Saturday evening for the first night of the hunt there, and, uh, she actually got to harvest her first buck. Pretty neat experience for both of us. <laughs> Definitely a new one for me. Yeah. How old for people, just to put it in perspective a little bit? So she just turned 10 uh, in sep- middle of September. Okay. And she has been hunting now for, at least with you, for quite a while. Has she hunted on her own yet besides this? She's actually shot two turkeys. Um, one each of the last two springs, and then last year she shot a doe during the youth season, and this year she she shot her first buck. She's been with me other times sitting like with the crossbow and stuff late season last year. We just didn't have any luck. And how how did she respond? A 10-year-old girl and a dead deer, you know, that could go in a lot of different directions. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely can. Um, With her, she's been around it enough. I think it doesn't really bother her. In fact, the thing that bothered her the most last year was that her doe tested positive and we couldn't eat it. Oh, bummer. She was really looking for redemption this year to get a a negative deer. And I think that's the biggest thing on her list. She was definitely super excited to get a buck, but I honestly don't know that it would have made that much of a difference in her excitement. She just really likes being able to to get them to to put some meat on the table. Well, good for her. Good for her. And... Any buck for a youngster is a nice buck, but what did she shoot? Uh, she shot a, it's actually a little four-pointer. Oh, okay. Um, he's kind of a spike with a split on one side, and then the other side is a spike with a brow tine. Kind of a little unique guy, and uh, pretty cute when we got up to him, you know, like she's counting away, and she's one, two, three, four, and then there's a little rounded-off nub on the top of the one, and she's like, Dad, does that one count? <laughs> like, well, can you hang a ring on it? And yeah. she's like, oh, man. Well, good for her. You you congratulate her for me. I, I'm sure she's had a lot of high fives already. And has she talked to her? Well, uh, school was out after, and we've talked to you early in the week, so her schoolmates probably don't know unless she has sent them texts or something. Uh, she didn't get a chance to talk to really anybody in her class. Her plan is I was supposed to boil the head out and stuff, and she 
she would like to take it in for show and tell one day. Excellent. So. Yeah. Wonderful. So, well, it's great uh, that you're uh, getting your daughter. I know you've been doing this for years, and uh, it's great that she's getting out there. But a lot of folks are bow hunting now, and I think you've been out, haven't you? I've been out a couple times. I was lucky enough to get out. It would have been like the end of the month of September there, and then I was actually out Friday night before the youth season. We got a couple sits in. I shot a doe the first night, and then actually kind of had a little mishap there um, with a different deer, and then I uh, ended up going out on Friday night with the 7th, I believe, of October, and that one had some doe come by. I just chose not to shoot with youth coming up and stuff. I didn't want to have another one to cut up. Yeah. <laughs> on top of anything, if Haley had any success. What kind of a mishap? Is that something you want to share or not? So I kind of made a rookie mistake. Um, well, not kind of, did. was kind of in a hurry to get going. I had been working on the truck during the day, so I was running a little late and forgot to grab my rangefinder. So was able to shoot the doe and then actually had one of our target bucks come out. Just misjudged him and shot over him. Ooh. So, no harm, no foul. He, uh, he stayed in the field. Or, well, he left the field but came right back and hung around for a little bit feeding and stuff and then actually was able to lay eyes on a couple of the other deer that we've had on camera um, that are on the more mature side and ended up being a great night. A little bit of a bummer because I'd shot over him, but honestly, it's just a fun night to be in the tree and we'll get him eventually. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you mentioned rookie mistake. We have all done something like that. A fellow, I won't name him, but uh, he bought a bow from you recently did his learn to hunt and his mentor said oh that bucks at 25 yards and his rangefinder said 30 and he thought well the mentor said 25 so i'll aim a little low and of course the arrow went right under the deer <laughs> and yep. he's not experienced enough to know that boy low from 25 to 30 you're not talking under the deer just aim up a little below center mass and you're still going to hit the deer oh absolutely does it bother me that I missed them a little bit but it was one of those it's like hey you know what it happens it's part of the game and just thankful that it was a clean miss and no harm no foul yeah it's actually the second best shot in bow hunting or in any kind of hunting you know a clean a clean miss so absolutely so much for our our lack of uh killing deer what are you hearing from other folks it's actually been pretty good um definitely most everybody that we've talked to has been reporting seeing good numbers some guys have shot those uh we've heard of a few good bucks getting taken um it seems like you know, those last few days of September were really, really good. Here as of late, there's been a couple guys um, that have shot some good ones, you know, like that first week of October as well. Seems like things are picking up a little bit. It should be. It's that time of year when they're starting to spread out a little bit. You know, probably start seeing a lot less deer in bachelor groups and things like that. More, you know, lone, lone bucks as far as that goes. And, um, you know, this coming up, you know, we're coming up on that peak scraping time here pretty quick yeah should be good yeah yeah well i can attest to the fact that they're moving i hit one and i picked up another one that a friend hit who didn't want it and seeing deer i had a, another one run right behind my boat trailer up north and they are moving so anybody who is driving almost any time of day i've seen deer standing out in the fields in the middle of the day but especially early in the morning and in the evening or late at night uh, we got to keep our eyes open for sure oh absolutely it's i mean numbers wise i think we're doing pretty well 
you know, as far as the population goes. Um, at least that's what I've seen so far. And cameras, I can't say for sure that they're way up, but definitely in the last few days here, the cameras have kind of started to pick up a little bit, which is good. We had that little cold snap come through, and then looks like we might get some more weather coming in. Should yep. be a really good couple of weeks here coming up. Yep. Well, what kind of advice have you got for middle to late October? This time of year... Um, because the deer are kind of up on their feet, you know, it's the time that the weather's right and stuff. I like to kind of maybe push it a little bit, start hunting some of the saddles or the, you know, those pinch points and travel corridors. If you have a, you know, a ridge line that traditionally gets hit with, you know, scrapes every year, you know, I've always found on the cameras somewhere around that 15th, 16th, you know, through about the 23rd or so of October seems to be really hot with scraping activity so if you have those spots that get hit every year then that's the time to kind of sneak in there and try to get set up and hope the right one comes by all right well we're going to let you go but before we do remind us of your store hours so we're open monday through friday 10 to 6 and saturday 9 to 5 all right well thanks so much jc good luck and remember to take your rangefinder next time we'll talk- I, that <laughs> immediately went in the backpack it's so. in your pack yeah <laughs> so we should be good All right, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Sounds good. Good luck. Thank you. J.C. Chamberlain with the Madison Outdoors Report from Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer on Highway 14 west of Arena and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business. And Michael Hupe will pay a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case in the southeast Wisconsin-Milwaukee area. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimeStoppers.com. Well, joining me once again from home in Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, welcome back. And gosh, your youth hunter had some good luck last weekend. Uh, yeah, we, it was, it was fun. Dan, uh, took Robert for his first youth hunt, first time behind his 243 while hunting and, uh, took him to my parents' place and we, 
didn't see anything on uh, opening day that Saturday, both morning and afternoon. And so um, we didn't hunt Sunday morning, went to church, made a plan to hunt our place uh, right in our backyard. I own five acres, and uh, we've got, uh, well, I call it my little corner of my Snickers bar. You know, I don't have much, you know, I, I get to take little bites out of it every now and then, but uh, uh, when it comes to the deer population. But they come in, and we've got a great food plot. we got a water hole. We've had some deer on camera. I thought, let's give it a shot. The wind was marginal. The wind wasn't the wrong direction. There just really wasn't any wind. And in the woods, you know, your thermals just kind of sink around and sit there. And I was like, man, deer got to come within 20, 25 yards to get into this food plot. And I was just a little nervous about it. But we were sitting there almost on cue. I looked at my watch. I thought, well, they should be here any minute. Two minutes later, here they come walking into the food plot, <laughs> and uh, they spotted us right away, Dan, and Robert mm. uh, and I both had to completely freeze. It took seven and a half minutes for us to be able to move. That doe wow. stood there staring at us. Uh, yeah. Came in a doe and a fawn, uh, wandered around, wandered around, all off to Robert's left-hand side. He shoots left-handed, okay? He oh. shoots like I do. He shoots left-handed. Yeah. He's a right-handed, yeah. but he's he's left-eye dominant. Okay. And... Um, and so um they wandered off to his left side, and he was real bummed. He kept telling me, whispering to me, I'm not going to get a shot, Dad. I'm not going to get it. It's not going to happen. And then the doe came back out a little ways. She got a little spooky. The fawn, when she got spooky, her fawn, her buck fawn, kind of bounded into the middle of the food plot. And I said, Robert, if you can get a shot on him, take it. Yeah. And uh he by the time I said the word take him, his head was already down on that gun and he had just about pulled the trigger and that thing dropped like a rock, never moved, and uh he harvested his first deer and it was just uh, the, the the kid wanted to jump out of the blind, uh, the windows of the blind, Dan. I mean it was awesome. Fantastic. Well, and that's a great way to uh, to cap a, a successful youth hunt, a day with nothing and then a day an evening where you actually get one and you drop him with a clean shot. And I tell you what, uh, my favorite deer to eat is a buck fawn. There's plenty of meat on them, and they are tender and delicious. I hate to shoot bucks uh, before they mature, but doggone it. If you're going to um, uh, with a youth hunter or, you know, you have that opportunity to take one, do yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Super. The other cool thing, Dan, is we had a bobcat walk right in past us, drink at the water hole that I've got, and and wandered off all on his own. So he came within nine yards from us, and I've been he's been practicing at a hundred yards, Dan, and less. Uh, about from thirty to a hundred yards is what his practice target range. He killed this deer at twelve yards. So <laughs> don't, we we don't need to even practice a hundred yards here at this house. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, and I don't imagine you've had a chance to hunt yet. No, not yet, Dan. I'm getting there, though. I'm, I'm jacked yeah. up now. Okay, I'll bet. I'll bet. Well, fantastic. Congrats to Robert, and uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to more hunting. It's been crazy uh, over here. As you know, I hit that little buck on my way up to Treelands last week. A friend's son hit one last Saturday. They didn't want it. They gave it to me, and then John called me Tuesday night, and he said, Well, I hit a deer right at the foot of Mount Ashwa Bay in Bayfield. All of these deer were yearling forkies. They they uh, they must really be on the move. And folks, you got to register them. It's a simple procedure. You go to game gamereg.wi.gov and look for the car kill link at the bottom of the page. 
And you have to take the whole carcass. You and I know that. You can't field dress it on the can't highway. Can't field dress it on the highway, yeah. Yeah. And you can't even drag it in the ditch and field dress it. But mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the story. The Treeland's Muskie Tournament last weekend, uh, I'll tell you what, you can read all about it in the next Wisconsin Outdoor News because I summarize it. Not many fish were caught. It was a real challenge, but a lot of fun. So... Coming up, fly fishing guide Brad Bowen talks about the 6th annual Muskie Ball in Tony, Wisconsin. And children's book author Bob Allen is going to tell us all about his latest books, Monica the Muskie and Battle of the Bass. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. The fall colors are here. Plan a UTV call ride on the Blue Ox Trails. Hike, ATV, or disc golf to the top of Kai's Peak for a gorgeous vista. Or drive the 33-mile Rustic Road number 74 and fence through the National Forest. For an easy one-mile waterfall hike, try LaSalle Falls. For a more rugged hike, Breakwater Falls is best. For more info, stop by the Visitor Center or go to ExploreFlorenceCounty.com. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle Li from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now is Bob Allen. We've talked to Bob before, but it's been a while. He's a native of Oshkosh, and he's worn a lot of hats over the years, including doing 35 years as a hockey coach from mini-mite to collegiate level, and he had a state championship with West Bend High School at one point, and he was regional director for Badger State Games. But he's here not to talk hockey, 
but to talk about fishing in his latest fishing books for kids. Well, Bob, welcome back, and thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. Well, thanks for having me. You have written a number of books, and we've talked to you in the past about Walter the Wily Walleye, and you've got two that I know I haven't talked to you about, Monica the Muskie and the newest one, Battle of the Bass. And before we get into these books, you've been fishing, like a lot of us, since you were a youngster. Tell us how you got into it. Well, I was born and raised in Oshkosh and grew up just about a block, block and a half from the mouth of the river. And so I was fishing down at Bone Street Dock uh, since I was a little whippersnapper and just hop on my bike and go down to the river and fish. And then, of course, Winnebago was right there. I still keep a boat in Oshkosh and get up to Winnebago when I can. A few weeks back, I got up there and got a nice perch dinner, ate really beautiful perch. And I get up there as frequently as I can, but living down here in Brookfield, uh, I don't make it as frequently as I'd like to. And you got started with your dad, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, he wanted to uh, get a new fishing boat, and I looked in the old herder's catalog, and I was kind of looking at a fiberglass red and white boat with fins on it, but we ended up with like a 12-foot green small boat with a 10-horsepower mercury on it. So it wasn't what I expected, but a lot of fish came over the side of that boat through the years. A lot of us started out in 12-footers. I did a lot of fishing out of a rowboat when I was a kid, when my dad didn't have a, an outboard, and then he bought a succession of used outboards, and we would rent a boat and plop those motors on there and and fish mostly for panfish and some bass. And that's how a lot of people of our generation, you know, those of us, I should be retired, but I'm not. And some people say, yeah, you ought to retire and quit doing what you're doing. But anyway, uh, a lot of us in our generation got started with their parents and out of small fishing boats. But that really isn't the case with so many kids and families today, is it? I don't know how young people can afford to go out there and fish professionally because just an average size walleye now is over $100,000. Speaking of professionally, you did fish one of the walleye circuits for a while, didn't you? I did too. The PWT, the Professional Walleye Trail, with the Lindners and uh, then the Nawa, North American one. I traveled with Dick Steele out of Oshkosh along with Gary Gray on the first one. And then on the second circuit, I traveled with Brad Davis out of Jackson, Wisconsin, and he's still fishing. I, I think it's a young man's sport, but there's still, you know, Gary Parsons, Gavias, and a few others are still fishing on the circuit, which is amazing. And a friend of mine, Tom Mansour from Lacrosse, he's uh, he's almost as old as I am. He won a major tournament a year or so ago, and we talked to him about that. So there is something to be said for experience and for you know putting years on the water. You you learn a lot that way. And of course, the, the young guys have all the new technology and the new techniques and everything. But you know, we still uh, still have a few tricks, us old timers. I think so. I used to fish against uh, Jason Shakurit, and he took third in the, the walleye trail this year. And, of course, he's passing down that knowledge of, of fishing to his son, who endorsed my bass book, and that's Jay Shakurit. And he won a tournament out in New York, and he became uh, the Rookie of the Year for the Bassmaster Elite Series. Uh, that happened over in lacrosse. So, yeah, you pass it down. I know a lot of people, uh, like uh, Parsons has Chase Parsons is, is son working there and and there's some other ones that the sons are carrying on some don't go into it many of them they follow in their father's footsteps 
Yeah, and Jay Shakur is quite the bass angler. I think he had the first 100-pound smallmouth uh, several-day bag in tournament history or, or the... Uh, the first winner with a hundred pound, or somebody else came in with a hundred pounds uh, earlier that day. But um, yeah. at any rate, so uh, kids and parents and angling, and that's in a way sort of the theme of some of your books, especially um, the Wiley Walleye book and Monica the Muskie, isn't it? It's really the theme of all my books. Uh, all five books feature family and and sons and daughters and fishing. I really write for the little ones, but there's the memories of all the moms, dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles and friends who take kids fishing. And just to get the kids in the outdoors, and whether they go fishing, hunting, or hiking or whatever, my encouragement is to get outside, enjoy the time spent with kids, because they finally remember that forever. They certainly do, and there are some photos on your website. And folks, you should go check out his website. I should have mentioned it earlier, BobAllenBooks.com, and Allen is A-L-L-E-N. So BobAllenBooks.com, you'll see some pictures of Bob as back when you were probably Bobby, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah. I kind of grew out of that name, but yeah, yeah. that was me originally. Yeah, and I've got some photos of me about the age of when you got started with fish, and I was Danny back in those days, and in fact, for a long time, probably until high school. What is it that you are trying to do in these books that maybe other books don't do? Or forget about the other books. What's your, what are you trying to accomplish with these books? Well, I try to make them fun and whimsical. I know that there's enough how-to books out there. And it's not really a how-to, but as you you know read the book to the kids, they're primarily for kids, say, two to six years old, just getting started. I know that the high school level is becoming more interesting for fishing, but I think if you start them really young and they like looking at books and have comical characters in there like Walter the Wily Walleye, they kind of get an interest and then they want their mom or dad or aunt or uncle or grandpa or grandma to take them fishing just to get out and have an experience in the water. So I'm trying to encourage at the youngest age possible. I know that uh, you can start reading to kids when they're one or two years old. Within a year or two, they'll be feeding that information back to you. One of the gentlemen I talked to who took his son out fishing, I think it was on Wisconsin River, and his son said to him, uh, he, he was baiting up the hooks, and uh, he said, Dad, perhaps a leech, and that was a quote out of one of my books, that a walleye likes either grubs, minnows, worms, or leeches, and it said perhaps a leech. And when you get the little kids <laughs> quoting your books, <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, Bob, we've got to take a little break here. Will you stay with us, and we'll come back and talk more about your books? Absolutely. I'm talking with Bob Allen, author of a series of children's books. We'll be back right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with children's book author Bob Allen. He's got several new books out. Monica the Muskie came out last year, and Battle of the Bass is out 
just a couple of weeks ago. His website is boballenbooks.com. Well, let's take a look at Monica the muskie. Uh, Monica is a big trophy muskie. Tell us in a nutshell, without giving everything away, what's the story here? The story is basically how to catch a muskie. It starts in the beginning and follows the path of find me, catch me, release me. And it goes into the equipment that you need and the techniques and the baits that you use. If you walk right through it, it's how to catch a muskie, and, uh, including doing a figure eight when you're reeling in so that it gives you one more chance to try and catch a fish. And when you eventually do hook them, I suggest that you carefully net them, take them on board, maybe for one picture, and then release them so that others can have that fun too. And that book was endorsed by a number of musky fishermen, by Pete Maynard, Joe Booker, Brad Alexander up in Green Bay. They all thought it was uh, good enough to put their name on the book and endorse it. I was proud of the fact that musky fishermen thought it was really about musky fishing. Yeah, absolutely. I have a copy. Actually, I had a copy. I gave it to a friend who's got two young kids. So hopefully they will be fishing uh, eventually if they're not already. And I, I haven't seen Battle of the Bass yet. I got a postcard from you, and that's why I called you, because the book is now just out, isn't it, Battle of the Bass? Right. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago. That book is a little bit more fun and whimsical than just how to catch a bass. It's really it's a, a book where the child gets to choose whether he prefers largemouth or smallmouth. The book is kind of Larry and Lily largemouth versus Sam and Sarah smallmouth. Uh-huh. Who's bigger, stronger, faster? Who jumps higher? Who's cuter? Who plays a better bass? And so we go through all those things. And at the end, the child can decide who he likes to fish for, one or the other, or both, you know, a battle of the bass. Yeah, interesting. We won't give away, well, maybe the um, protagonist doesn't choose. Does he choose or he she choose in the and end? The very end, the child gets to choose. There you go. He gets to vote who should win the trophy. And in the very end, it really comes down to whoever you choose. They're, they're both fun to catch, and there's more similarities between them. They like similar baits. I mean, both largemouth and smallmouth like wacky worms and spinners and jigs. And so you learn a little bit about that, too, about the, the fish. But it's the characterization of the fish along the way. Uh, the two walleye books I did were illustrated by Scott Elberts up in um, Appleton. And we won awards with those, and so I hired Scott to illustrate this book, too. And I think that... Uh, the kids are going to be really happy with the, the pictures of the fish. Yeah, and we haven't talked much about the pictures, but th- this is a storybook, and it's also a well-illustrated picture book. All of them are. Uh, every one of my books has won awards. The difference with the, uh, the musky one was a gal that lives up in Lutzen, Minnesota. She is familiar with fishing, and she's illustrated, I think at this point, nine or ten books. But hers is more of a, a watercolor and aesthetics to it whereas my walleye and bass book are more pen and ink and a lot of color, and they catch the child's eye. And like I said, the whimsical characters, the kids like that. You know, they see fish wearing sunglasses, and they have eyelashes and things. And so you you dress up the fish a little bit, so it's more fun for a, a youngster. Not that they're not learning something about the fish itself, but they're, they're enjoying the, the characterizations of the fish. 
Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, I want to ask you, what is the reception you've been having? Obviously, the committees that decide awards think they're good books uh, to give you awards. The Midwest Independent Publishers Association, I think it was, and others have given you awards for these books. How about the kids who read them or the moms and dads and grandparents who read them to kids? It's, it's just so much fun when I go to various venues. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was down at the Kenosha Harbor Market, uh, and they have kids walk by and say, Mom, look, it's Bob Allen. And they love the books, or people come up to you and say, you know, it's my nephew's favorite book, or a, a kid wants to have his picture taken with me. And uh, I usually ask, well, where did you see the book? When I was over at lacrosse at the Bassmaster Elite Tournament over there, Somebody's walking by and said, oh, look, you know, we've got that book. And if they've got one book, they want to get the new one, too. And I always ask, well, where did you get that book? And they'll say, oh, I got it up in Mercer, Wisconsin. We were up on a vacation up there, and a little gift store up in Mercer had the book. Or they'll tell me that, oh, I got that over in Viroqua at the downtown market there. I was over there one time with a grandson doing a little trout fishing and stopped down at the market there. And they bought some books and they reordered like four times. So where I do have the books, they reorder, and that makes it tell me that the kids like the books and the word of mouth gets out about them. And when I called some of my accounts, but I got a new book, they don't ask much about it. They just say, well, send me a dozen because the other ones are, are doing well. So it's been a great reception. As a matter of fact, today I just got an order from an account up in Minnesota for 100 books, a variety of my books. And so... I started out selling one or two at a time, and then it got to be a half dozen and a dozen. And now, like today, got an order for 100 books for an account up in Parham, Minnesota. All right. Well, you can't beat that for success. And uh, I hope you have another story or two under your belt before you uh, hang it up and say, well, I'm just going to sell all these. But uh, uh, you're done well, for. Well, everybody gives yeah. me ideas. You know, my friend out in Montana says, well, you got to write a book about trout fish. you got to come up here. And then somebody in Florida says, well, you got to write about tarpon, or somebody else will say, you got to write about sturgeon. So yeah. I'm not sure where it's all going to go, but I'm having fun doing it. And what happens with bass is now it's just not the, the walleye and muskie in the Midwest. With bass fishing, now I can talk to people in Texas and Florida or the East Coast. Bass fishing, I think, is, is going to be a step forward for me. I, I plan on an exhibiting down at the Bassmaster Classic in Tennessee next year. So I'm looking forward to expanding my horizons. Well, it's an exciting story, your story, and the stories that you've written are exciting, every one of them. And if kids like them, you know, that's what parents and grandparents like, is something that keeps the kids interested and gets them outside. Even though you're usually inside, you can read these books at camp, too, or in the car on the way fishing or whatever. That's great that you've done these books and that you've had great success. And I'll look forward to seeing the next one. I look forward to producing it. <laughs> All right. Well, Bob, thanks so much. And we will send folks to your website to look at these books and maybe get a copy for a gift for a youngster. Absolutely. I appreciate that. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bob Allen is the author of a series of fishing and outdoor books for kids. You can find out more on his website, BobAllenBooks.com or BobAllenAuthor.com. It goes to the same place. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. 
Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at RemyBattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now from Tony, Wisconsin, is muskie fly fishing guide Brad Bowen. Brad's been a guest on the show before, and I saw him last weekend, so it's good to talk to him again. Brad, welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thanks, Dan. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and good seeing you at the Treeland Tournament. Yeah, that was an interesting event. You didn't fish it this year, and that might have been a wise decision. The tournament's one thing, and it's like the camaraderie and, and seeing everybody. To me, it's that's an important part of this, keeping the community in touch. And despite the tough fishing, everybody had a good time. Yeah, it was fun, and it was good to see you. And, in fact, you started uh, the event that became this event, gosh, about a decade ago. I can't remember how long ago. but Yeah. It was originally the Muskie Fly Fishing World Championships. Treelands took it over, and they've been doing a stellar job with that. They do a great job with it, absolutely. Well, we had fun, and I talked about it earlier in the show, so I won't uh, beat that horse again here. But fishing was tough. What's your take on how the fishing has been up there lately? Well, I've got about 22 years in now of muskie guiding, and this might be one of the most rugged ones. I'll say that. It conditions and the fish 
you get a good year every decade, you get a really good year, and you get a really tough year. And this is a tough year. That's part of the school of hard knocks, I think. We had a second year in a row where I, I wouldn't call it a, necessarily a dry year, but it was hot. You know, we've been getting hotter summers. June was hot, July and August, we had a lot of warm weather. We had enough rain to keep the farmers happy and the trees. We didn't get into in any drought conditions, but the water didn't make it in the rivers, and we have low, very ultra-low and clear water, which, along with, you know, increased angling pressure, just tends to make these fish really difficult. I mean, they're tough to begin with, but I think that you can kind of blame it on, you know, just the low flows. And, yeah, that's what we got right now, and it might, you know, sometimes you see cycles. We had about 14, 15 years of what I would call, like, boom years with a lot of water. Now we're in a second year with low water, so we could get a few more of these. Well, let's hope that it turns around. People, Some people were able to fish rivers. We fished lakes and didn't do very well, and there were only 31 muskies caught altogether, which tells you something with 100 guys fishing for two days. But it was, like you say, it was fun. It was a good, a good tournament, a good time. Now, what about fishing from now on? Let's say the last half of October and into November, we can fish really right up until <laughs> everything freezes up north now. Yeah, and we have an open season now all the way to the end of the year. It used to close at the end of November, and if it doesn't freeze up, December can be really good fishing. Last year we had some of the better fishing was after deer hunting. We ended up getting some mild conditions, and I had some good fishing in December. That's something to keep in mind. Don't put your boat away early, you know, in these situations. The fish, they will go at some point. I mean, I'm sitting here in Tony right now, and it's 72 degrees out. Yeah. Um, we're going to get, you know, in the 40s here, late, you know, in the next couple days. Water temperatures have been pretty high. As that water gets out of the 50s into the 40s, and even in, you know, the upper 30s, muskies will respond. And um, I see probably the best few weeks ahead of us yet. Well, I hope so, and I hope to get up there and try it one more time, and I was hoping to get up for your fifth annual musky ball in November. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it, but that's coming up November 5th in Tony, and before we get into details, for people who are going, Tony who? Where the heck is Tony, Wisconsin? Tony, Wisconsin, right on Highway 8 between the Chippewa and the Flambeau Rivers. We're just a little east of Ladysmith. It was originally called Deer Tail, Wisconsin, so we're right on Deer Tail Creek, but, uh, yeah, there was a guy named Anthony who had a sawmill back in the day, and they named the town Tony. Now, um, our new head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Jimmy Leonard, is native from here, so we're really proud of that. He's the mo he's the second most next to me. He's the most famous person in Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's fam yeah. yeah, he's famous for other reasons. He was a great gosh. Was he a linebacker or? Uh he was a defensive player, wasn't he? I can't remember exactly. He, well, he played everything, you know. Like we got a K through 12 here, a uh, little tiny school, about 300 total kids. He, so he's a product of a K through 12 school, and I think he played a little bit of everything. But he was, a, you know, he became a, a walk-on and then an All-American at, at Wisconsin and then played pro football, and now he's coaching. Um, wonderful. And his dad works over at the lumberyard that's right across the street from me. Fantastic. Well, so we know where Tony is, and your musky ball fifth annual is coming up on November 5th. This is the sixth. Oh, the sixth. Six. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, and I did it annually for a while. I took a little hiatus, and now I, I have a Ukrainian daughter and her mom that I rescued out of the, the war zone and got them into 
Western Europe, and um, I'm raising money for my daughter, Emma Kay, to help her and her mom. They're going to immigrate to Wisconsin here eventually. Right now, they're in northern Italy. and So I am doing uh, Musky Ball, number six, and it's a hoot nanny. I hire a couple bands. We got your title song, you know, is by uh, Warren Nelson. That's right. And he goes by England Wayne and the Trollers. When they come down, they do England. They, they get they get a little ensemble together. And we got England Wayne and the Trollers, as well as Son of Mel, John Son of Mel, who's an acoustic uh, Northwoods artist who does a lot of uh, gigs around. So we got a couple of great music acts. We're gonna we got a food truck coming. We got a, a masquerade ball, costume ball, as well as games of skill and chance and uh, feats of strength. Probably gonna have a liars contest. You know, things like that, probably do some demonstration of fly fishing, casting, and fly time and lure making. Those are those tend to be what it is, but it's a, I call it a hoot nanny. You know, if you've ever been to a hoot nanny, that's what we do up here. Yeah, well, hoot nanny is an old term from back in the, gosh, 50s and 60s. Actually, well before your time, but I'm glad you've kept that term alive. I'm familiar with what that is. It, it's um, kind of a mixed martial, not martial arts, but mixed arts event, I guess is one way to put it, right? Yeah, we, we've got a lot of stuff going on, and I, I can't exactly put a you know a needle down on the record of what it's going to be, because it changes from time to time, depends on who shows up, but we eat, we drink, we be merry. One thing I can guarantee is it's going to be a good time, and it's a, for a good cause, keeping people safe from dastardly sons of guns like vladimir putin that's what we're that's what i'm doing and i you know i can't control what's going on in the world but i can keep my family safe and so we're raising funds for emma k i've got some locally brewed great beer heart of the north brewery which is in Ladysmith, has provided some wonderful beer we're getting some good food here ten dollars at the door if you got a costume we do it for half price and we're going to have a 50-50 raffle, we're going to have a silent auction, we're going to have some bucket raffles, all kinds of things that's going to help my daughter and her mom exist. I'm going to be going over to Italy, as a matter of fact, after my season wraps up to be, you know, with my little family. Uh, Emma's in school right now in Italy. She's a Ukrainian girl. She speaks three languages. She's learning her Italian now. A seven-year-old that's got four languages. Real special child. You know, everybody says that, but my kid's a cool little girl. You know, I'm living with half a heart right now, so I'm trying to raise money so I can get over to Europe this winter and continue to keep these gals safe and out of the war, and then hopefully next spring, early summer, we're going to get them over here, and they're going to be Wisconsinites. Fantastic. Well, yeah, I've seen pictures of her and her mom on your Facebook page, and she looks like a real sweetie and four languages. Man, I don't need to tell you how... How great that is for developing your your brain power as a youngster, man. Well, talent skips a generation. Man, <laughs> and, uh, I'm pretty lucky that way. I got a great mate, and we have a really neat little girl We're raising her internationally. But um, I'm really looking forward to having her here. You know, showing her some fishing and probably do some walk in the woods, agate picking. You know, a little bird hunting. I got I got all kinds of dad stuff that I want to be able to unveil with her. And so I that you know I'm. I live in the moment, but I'm well, I'm watching an eagle soar overhead right now. But as a matter of fact, oh, I'm living in the moment. Yeah, I'm looking forward to time, more more family time. And as far as like the war in Ukraine, what a horrible situation that is. And we still have family there. Grandpa and grandma and uncle are there, and we help them to be safe as well. So some of these funds go to keeping them. They can't leave Ukraine, and they're still taking rocket fire, which is just it's hard to take. You know, the, 
with that news every week. Just pray that they are safe. But my two ladies are um, like they're, they're with friends in northern Italy right now. Getting them over here and keeping them out of harm's way. That's the main thing. And yeah, I'm using musky ball six for that purpose this year. And I'm accepting goods and services. So anybody that has anything, use fishing tackle, use hunting tackle, anything that we can put on an auction site that people don't need, I'm, I'm willing to accept that and we'll give you my contact information at the end if people want to donate any of that. Or I've got guides that are putting trips together for me. We just had a great rod company. Speaking of musky fishing, we had uh, RB Miser Fly Rods who make what's called the 909er. It's, it's really one of the new hot sticks for musky fly fishing. It's a two-hand overhead rod, and they just dropped off a couple of custom-made 909ers here, and I got to fish with some guys from Oregon, and I really appreciate that. So I'm just kind of surfing this good mojo right now, and, and people are willing to contribute. It's hard to ask for help, but sometimes you have to do that, Dan. No, I understand, and you've got a lot of friends, and I know many people have helped you already, and I'm sure that many more will. So you're, the best way to connect with you, I think, is through Facebook, right? Facebook, and then you can go to, my name is Brad, B-R-A-D-B-O-H-E-N, Brad Bowen at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me either through the you know Facebook Messenger or you can get a hold of me at that email, and I'll put my number out here. It's best to text. As you know, it's hard to call me. Oh, yeah. But um, my, my phone number is 715 715- Five five eight two nine three seven, and I will. I get texts regularly, and I can respond to text messages. So anybody that is interested in helping out, I mean, if you've got anything that you think would be of interest to people that are going to be at this event, I'm open to all of that, and I graciously and humbly accept that. Fantastic. Well, Brad, um, you mentioned costumes. Um, will I get in and have price with my beard? Does that count as a costume? Man, I tell you what, you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just go as myself. <laughs> and, yeah, the beards are good. That looks good on you. I'd stick with it, you know. I mean, a Stormy Cromer, you might want to, you know, you could get yourself a, like a, a crooked, you know, corncob pipe and a cane. And, you, and uh, if you got a pig, like we got, we have a local legend here. The guy's name was Skunk Frank, and he was a hermit that lived on the Flambeau for years, and he was famous back in the, the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. He, he lived out on the Flambeau by Beaver Dam Rapids in the woods, and the state forest let him kind of keep his thing going until he's buried over in Glen Flora now, but he had a peg leg, and he welcomed visitors to his camp that were floating through, and a lot of famous people, you know, and, and, and just regular people from all over the world that have floated the flambeau, they used to stop in, in that, that old Skunk Frank's place, and get a peg leg and a corncob pipe, and you could probably pull off Frank. <laughs> well, I'm not quite ready for the cane, and uh, so far I got two good legs, but I'll I'll see what I can come up with. Yeah, the the beard I think is going to stay. I, my wife years ago, you know, I had a beard for many years, and she wanted me to shave it off, and I grew this one starting by accident, well, by getting lazy, and then I kept it. And people I talked to said, "Oh yeah, keep that." And just today, she said. You look distinguished, and she's never called me distinguished. So I said, does that mean I keep it? She said, yeah, you could. I like it. So there we are. You and I are a couple of bearded wonders now. Bearded musky wonders, and I'm going to keep mine going as well. I'll be uh, MC, and I, I, I get my uh, I get my MC costume out once a year or what, during the musky ball, and it's always fun to, to throw that together and have a good time. But I, I encourage people. I mean, it, it's, there's good hunting. There's good fishing around. 
you know, the ball start at about three in the afternoon, but we really get rolling, you know, after people get off the water or out of the woods. Likely it'll be sort of chilly out. We're going to have hot food, cold drinks, live music, and a lot of fellowship and good times. And um, I encourage people to come over and, and partake in Muskie Ball 6. All right. And there is lodging available in the area? Yeah, there's lodging available. We've got special room rates at the Cobblestone Motel in Lady Smith. You can ask for the Musty Ball 6 special rate. And there's Airbnbs and VRBOs around the area. And if you're hardy enough, you can still camp out. There's a bunch of camping spots within a couple miles of here. So um, over on Dairyland Floors, there's some good camping. At Josie Creek, there's a couple of private camps. And you can also look at Flambeau Lodge right on Big Falls. They're all good options. So Camp Fish and Party up in Tony, Wisconsin. November 5th, Saturday. It's probably a big-time rut activity happening. On. Probably, I would say, it might be one of the better musky weekends of the whole year. So God willing, we will just rock and roll and, and continue along and keep these girls safe, Dan. All right. Well, Brad, we will... Let people know. We have let people know. We'll continue to do that. And if I can't make it up there, I'll try to send something up to help you out. And thanks so much for talking with us, and good luck with everything you've got going. Well, I really, truly appreciate that, Dan. You're one of my favorite human beings and look forward to spending more time on the water and maybe in the woods with you eventually, but you be well. All right. You too, Brad. Thanks so much. All right. Everybody out there in Wisconsin land, you guys be safe. Fish hard, hunt hard, and vote well. And come to Tony on November 5th for the 6th Annual Muskie Ball. You can learn more on Brad's Facebook page, Brad Bowen, B-O-H-E-N, and his email is bradbowen at gmail.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camel Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle Li from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. 
LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. The fall colors are here. Plan a UTV color ride on the Blue Ox Trails. Hike, ATV, or disc golf to the top of Kai's Peak for a gorgeous vista. Or drive the 33-mile Rustic Road number 74 and fence through the National Forest. For an easy one-mile waterfall hike, try LaSalle Falls. For a more rugged hike, Breakwater Falls is best. For more info, stop by the Visitor Center or go to ExploreFlorenceCounty.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. It's time to winterize. They've got your supplies in stock. You can check them out on uh, on their website or their Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. Our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is available online at milwaukeepbs.org, and Deer Hunt Wisconsin shows are also available on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you missed anything on today's show, go to lake-link.com, go to the Outdoor Radio page, and you can download this show Download past shows and then listen to us throughout the week. You can follow Dan at social media at, at uh, Dan Small Outdoors. Follow me at Hardwater Jeff. And I will, I will be speaking at the historic. If I can talk, I'll be speaking at the historic West Bend Theater in West Bend, of course, Tuesday evening, October eighteenth. For advanced tickets, well, you can get them at the door. Or you can go to RootsBranches.org. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. And as Brad Bowen told us, Warren and the Trollers will be at the 6th Annual Muskie Ball and Hootenanny in Tony, Wisconsin. And look up Hootenanny if you don't know what that is. November 5th is the date. The Wienermobile is in Wisconsin. They're going to be at the UW Homecoming Parade next Friday and a bunch of other stops for details, search online for Wienermobile, and that's a free plug. Well, one more story. Greg Kolker of DeSoto, who writes the Grouse Hollow Journal, said his friend Steve Trussoni had a crazy bear hunt. He went to his blind. The blind was gone. He turned around and looked. It was piled up on the bait. He went and dragged the blind back to the original site and set it up, turned around, and there's a bear standing there looking at him. So he grabs his rifle, shoots the bear, goes for help to drag it out, comes back with help, the bear is gone. They followed a blood trail to a downed tree, and they found the bear. So it either crawled there to die, which is what I suspect. I wasn't there. I don't know. Or another bear dragged it there to eat it later. That's what they thought. Jeff, you can't make this stuff up. It's insane. Unreal. <laughs> I have heard about uh, bigger bears coming in after, sh- you know, you shoot a smaller one, the bigger one comes in and just tears them apart. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, this was a 200-pound bear, so an adult for sure, but not mm-hmm. an old monster. Well, folks, uh, your adventure is waiting for you, so get outside this weekend and join me and Jeff again next week for Outdoors Radio. It's a little chilly on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey, I'll be true.